Thank you for tuning in. We trust you will feel encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to build God's kingdom with us. Enjoy the message. Here this evening, it's nice to have you with us. We're continuing with our series on the book of James, and uh, this is part five, and it's going slow at the moment. We're still in chapter one, but I'm sure that after this, we are going to uh, move it on a little bit quicker as well, and so on. But uh, I trust that God is speaking to all of us and growing us in our faith and growing us as believers as well. I wonder if you've noticed in the country that we live in, maybe in the world that we live in, that road rage is on the increase. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, I don't even know if some of you who don't own vehicles, maybe you don't know what road rage is, uh, but it's out there. So uh, the sad thing about this, maybe the good thing, but the sad thing is that whatever you do on the road is going to be captured by somebody driving behind you on a smartphone. And they're going to make money out of your anger on the road, okay? So I'm looking at this issue of road rage, and I'm trying to get some statistics for tonight because I want to speak a little bit about anger and how to deal with our anger tonight as well. And, and road rage has become a major threat in our country. And, and people say that they fear more than hijacking or, or accidents. They fear road rage even more. So here's some of the stats of this last couple of weeks as well. In, the, in a game park in KZN, there was a strange scene of a road rage incident. True story. In the game park, driving at 40 kilometers an hour, there was a scene of road rage. In the Eastern Cape, Two people were punching one another because they brushed one another with their cars. And they were getting so busy fighting, somebody driving past was watching the fight and actually drove over a security guard. Fact, in our country. A seven-year-old girl was looking at her daddy and another father uh, punching one another in the parking lot because of a, 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 um, a parking that the one took from the other. A taxi driver wielding a machete in a road rage incident uh, this past week's. A minivan and a taxi colliding and the driver of the, the taxi got out and shot the uh, guy in the minivan because of road rage. Now, now let me ask you, you may think, wow, that's wild. What makes you angry? Let me ask you the question tonight. And <clears throat> just think for a moment, what is it that makes you angry as an individual? Let, let me help you a little bit. Those of us who are driving, how many of you fancy these guys coming down the yellow lane? You are a law-abiding citizen and you're driving and you know you're going to get there 10 minutes late, the traffic lights are out, and four or five cars just come down in the emergency lane and they are not emergency vehicles. What is your feeling at that moment? I know what I feel like. How do you feel about those who skip the red traffic lights? Just don't regard it at all and just go through. How many of you feel a little bit excited when there's a little green arrow and it says turn right and the guy sits there and he talks on his cell phone or has a conversation and he just does not turn and you're gonna miss out one minute of your life by sitting there and waiting for him, hopefully, to turn the next time it, uh, the, the light goes green. How many of you really get really fed up with people who are sitting in peak traffic, sitting on their cell phones or driving with their kids in the seats behind and they're talking on their cell phones. I know my wife hates it when I just look at my phone when I am driving. How many of you really get excited when there's a tele salesman? phoning you. And let me give you a tip. This is how you recognize whether they are tele-salesmen or not. They say, hi, is that uh, Mr. Quant? Yes, it's Mr. Quant, yeah. And then they say, how are you, Mr. Quant? And I said, I am very well, thank you. Here is the giveaway. Thank, and then I say, and how are you? Because that's polite, isn't it? And he has the giveaway line. Thank you so much for asking. 
And I know the artillery sound. What do you do at that stage? Do you just put the phone out? I don't have time to. I'm going into a meeting. Or do you politely say, yes, how are you doing? And then they give you a minute spiel and then you cut them short very nicely because they may rock up in your church next week and you've been rude to them. Because you really, they're just trying to earn a salary anyway by doing that job and it's not a very nice, but how many of you, really, how many of you get really, really excited when somebody chews an apple in your ear? It seems like that's what it sounds like to some people. My wife doesn't allow me, if I carry an apple towards our bedroom, she gets excited. So, uh, and it's half of the bed is mine, guys. I can do in that half, I can eat an apple there, but I'm not allowed to. How many of you get excited when, when your spouse pushes the toothpaste from the middle and not the back? And you know what really spoiled it for us is these plastic tooth thingamabobs that you can squeeze from all directions and they just don't work so lacquer. The nice ones was these old, I don't know what they were made out of. Uh, what were they made out of? Adrian, not like a metal kind of thing. And you could roll them up. You could sit on, on your bed and roll them up and, and, and the thing blows up and when you open that little thing, I love those because I could control it. At the moment, you squeeze it there, it goes this way, squeeze it there, it goes that way. But how many of you really get it? Ex- you see, we are angry people. I, 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 I want to tell you this evening. We are angry at the government. We are angry at politicians. We are angry at teachers. We are angry at, at traffic police. We are angry at our wives. We are angry at our husbands. Are you angry at your mother-in-law? And I can understand that. We are angry at our children. We are even angry at ourselves. Everyone is wrong. We are even angry at the ref. We are, aren't we not? We're angry at the ref. Now, now we will delete this out of the, the recording, but let me tell you something. The All Blacks used to be able to beat us, but these days they need a ref to help them to beat us. So we're looking better. We are looking better, Brendan. We are looking better. You've got such guts standing up here worshiping Jesus while we watch that All Black t-shirt. Such guts. Guys, please, I need five guys to take him out afterwards, okay? We are proud supporters of the Springbok emblem. All right, so how many of you, you know, you know, because we've got this feeling that everybody in the world is wrong except me. And we are constantly angry. Is anger out of control? Is it out of control? I think it is. And I want to highlight just what the Bible says about anger. And then I want to give us a little, a couple of tips just on how to deal with anger. Because it is a big topic. And we can go on and on uh, with this topic as well. What does the Bible say? Well, in James chapter 1... Verse 19 and 20, and that's where we are at the moment in our series on the book of James. It says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And you see, here's the reason why he's saying it as well. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And here's a key thing here, is why should we do this? Because our anger, human anger, does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Another translation says this, post this all on the intersections, dear friend. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness does not grow from human anger. I like this translation. Uh, That's the message. In uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, it says, Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18, it says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient 
comes a quarrel. You didn't know that some of these existed in your Bible, don't you? All right. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11 says this. A person's wisdom heals patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And I'll come back to that maybe in a moment as well. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 11 says, Fools give vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Matthew chapter 5 22 says this, But I tell you that anyone who's angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. This is a tough one, but you've got to put it in context because I want to ask you just now, do you think that it's okay to get angry? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 onward says this, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome words or talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit whom, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You see, all of this, the whole package here, the whole thing that, 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 that the, uh, the, the writer to the Ephesians is speaking about is in the context of do not get angry. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry because you're gonna give the devil a foothold and then you're definitely gonna grieve the Holy Spirit. And I want you to connect those four and we're coming back to them in a moment as well. First Timothy chapter two, verse eight says this. Therefore, I want men, I want people everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands with the absence of anger or disputing. How are you doing? How am I doing? Are you angry? Are you battling with anger? We're gonna deal with that a little bit later. Now, let me try and summarize not only those verses, but a whole lot of other verses in the Bible that speaks about anger and how, to, how, we, how, the, how we can look at it from a, a biblical perspective. I'm gonna give you the Rulof's version here. It's be quick to listen, be slow to speak, slow to get angry. We have been given two ears and one mouth. Therefore, listen twice as much as you speak. We should be slow to talk, my dear friends. This is Rulo's version, and it's just a summary of all of this. Wise people are those who hold back and not just speak their mouths. Slow down. And maybe you can talk to yourself like this when you go get excited about somebody who's doing something wrong to you. It's slow down because you will sin if you don't. And make sure you don't allow anger, anger to build up in you slow down relax just relax and and for some of us you got to talk to yourself like this is slow my mind down give yourself enough time to choose your words carefully because once they are out they have caused destruction they have caused damage don't let venom don't let poison come out of your mouth don't let anger shape your decision or your, your actions. Let, because let me tell you, when we do, when we allow anger to shape our decisions or our actions, we fail a character test. It's serious when we get angry, when we mess up in this area. You see, James warns us and he says, it's dangerous to let your anger just run free because you definitely it's going to produce sin in you. It is dangerous for it to fester there because it actually is gonna explode at some other time. You see, I, I think anger is a little bit like, like Coca-Cola. 
if you don't shake the bottle, then there's not gonna be fizz. And that's gonna be okay. And those of you, of you who drink this poison, who drink Coca-Cola, as if you know, if you shake that bottle and you take that top off, man, it's an amazing fountain that come out of that. And that's about how good it is, what Coke is for, you know, to just squeeze it. But you see, that's what anger is. Anger is something, if you don't shake me, if you don't rattle my cake, if you push me anymore, you will see the fuzz. You'll, feel, you'll see that I'm going to cause a, you see, that's how anger is. It, it slowly just bubbles, a little shake, a little bit shake. And then if you take this top off, man, I'm going to just burst. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. That's how it works. A little bit from now, a little bit more pushing, and I will explode. Let me give you some concrete steps here tonight to help you a little bit when it comes to anger. Number one is the Bible tells us to control our tempers. To control our tempers. You see, especially when you feel like you are mistreated. When we feel that somebody is mistreating us, when we feel that somebody is treating us unfairly, it is then so easy for us to let our tempers flare, to let off. And there is something inside of each one of us. There is a gut reaction that the moment I'm unfairly treated, I respond in anger. I let my temper go. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11 says this, listen, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. And you're saying maybe tonight to me, Rulof, I don't really care about earning respect from people. I don't really care who respects me or not. Well, let, let me just say, whoa, just stop a little bit more. Because James told us uh, something about that we have got to produce righteous acts that God desires in us. So you can't just say, well, I'm not going to care about this. You've got to. You've got to control it because God wants us to bear fruit. Fruit of righteousness. That's what he desires in our lives. When it comes to my temper, when it comes to things that I do wrong, and I often consider this verse in Luke chapter 6, verse 31, that says this, do to others as you would like them to do unto you. You know, this has often been a handbrake in my life. And I wish I could remember it more often. Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. That should be a handbrake. When we overlook wrongs, we actually want to treat people or we're treating people the way that we want them to treat others with forgiveness. You know, I'm coming back to that forgiveness in a moment. But you know what? It's when I pray this prayer and I say, Father, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Can you hear what I'm praying? Just park there for a little bit. Father, forgive me my sins. As I forgive those, just as, just like I forgive those, uh, uh, I forgive the, those who sin against me. Now, Stuart has just really upset me. He's really just made me very, very angry. And I'm not going to forgive him. And I pray that prayer. Father, forgive me the same way as I'm not forgiving Stuart. Can you hear what I'm praying? Can you hear what I'm praying? You know, sometimes we get wrong. We have a choice though. When I'm done in, when, 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 when something is really bad, what is my choice? Because am I saying to you that we've just got to let everything go and not get upset by it? No, I'm not saying it. Because sometimes anger, righteous anger is a good thing. When stuff goes wrong, when there's abuse, when there's neglect, when there's criminal acts, 
It's you and I as a believer, it's about time that we get upset that women and children are so abused in our country. It's about time, men, and, I, and I've asked for emails, I've got a few back. It's about time that you and I as men take righteous actions and be righteously angry. So anger is not always bad, but it's got to be controlled. And the second step here tonight is, is control your temper. And the second one is don't let your anger control you. Oh, I know some people, and I'm sure you know some people. Maybe, some, maybe, maybe it's, it's even one of us. And, and it's just so easy just to flare. It's just so easy for our tempers to just, to just go. And we just let rip at the smallest thing at people. You see, God recognizes that you and I do get angry. I think it is an emotion that God has given to us just as much as we express joy. So also God has given us emotion to express anger when it's necessary, but in a controlled way. In Psalm chapter four, verse four, it says this, when you are disturbed, do not sin, ponder it in your beds. In other words, if somebody at work's really upset you, it's maybe it's good to just go and lala a little bit, just go and rest a little bit, just go and think a little bit because ponder about it on your bed means it's be silent and think about that thing before you react. So am I saying to you that there's a time when you can get angry? Yes, I am saying that. And sometimes there is merit. Sometimes there's a reason to be angry. But when we are getting angry, be careful, the Bible says, that we do not sin. In Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27, it says, And do not sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are angry, for it gives a foothold to the devil. You see, so it says here, one thing, and let me tell you folks, if you and I can get this right, if we can deal with our our anger on a daily basis, the moment you get angry, if the Bible says here, it's here, it says do not sin by by letting your anger just control you. And here's the tip, he says, don't let the sun go, uh, um, go down while you are still angry. In other words, deal with it now, immediately. When you are angry, Deal with it. Because if you don't, you know what happens. Here is the process. Is I am angry, I'm not dealing with it. I am getting bitter and I'm not dealing with it. And then depression and all kinds of emotional sicknesses come next in our lives as well. That's why God gives us the instruction. When somebody offends you, immediately deal with, don't go to sleep tonight without having to deal with it. Carol and I, many years ago when we were just married, dealt with conflict very differently. I've got deep down far somewhere some Italian blood. And I think Italians are a little bit more excited when it comes to how they express themselves. If you watch, uh, how many of you are Italian? Is anybody with some Italian blood? So thank you very much. So, do you agree with me? They, they can talk like, like Greeks. I mean absolutely nothing by it. And you go, no, 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 it's so calm inside. That's what they say. So anyway, so I've got this Italian blood in me. When I get angry or when I'm really getting excited, I can express myself. And I, and I say it as it is. It's not always good, but I say it, and once I've said it, once I've dealt with this, it's over. And I'm free of it. You know, I don't walk around with grudges in my life and so on. Carol dealt with a little bit. She's much better now, or maybe she's not better, because she gives it back to me now. In the beginning of our marriage, for a couple of years, she would just keep quiet. Oh, that was the worst thing. I wanted a reaction, you see. I wanted a bit of a, a, a response to my conversation with her and one day one of our kids came and says mom daddy you mustn't argue I said no we're not arguing we're discussing stuff all right 
So how do you deal with that anger? And, and how you deal is so important, but definitely don't go and sleep with anger. Because you know what the Bible says? It's there. He says, because if we do, we're giving the devil a foothold, number one. And number two, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. So deal with it immediately. When you're angry, calm down, deal with it, volunteer something, do something good for somebody, and deal with your anger. Psalm 37 verse 8 says, refrain from anger and, do to, and turn from wrath. Do not lose your temper because it leads to evil. It is a fact. Our tempers, if we let them go, leads to evil. I'm talking about the Bible here tonight, am I not? And so when the Bible speaks about it, we listen and we say, yes, Lord, speak to us. The third thing, and it's getting a little bit progressively more difficult as I speak here, because you may still say, you know what, Uh, yes, I could control my temper, I'm not gonna let anger, but now I'm asking you, when somebody really offends you and you've got reason to get angry, then I'm asking you take this next step. Pray for them. Pray for them. And don't pray like this. Father, sort asunder out in Jesus' name. Break a leg because he really upset me. You see, as I'm challenging you to pray a blessing over that person and let God sort them out. But just pray a blessing over them because I'm getting more angry if I pray that God would sort out your legs here and, 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 and just break them a little bit. You know, that's not it. But pray, speak blessing over them. Pray that God would soften your heart so that you will be able to forgive. Because sometimes I harden my own heart and I refuse to forgive. Right now, believe me, when you are angry, you need to change. And the person that made you angry also needs to change. But let me tell you, I've learned in my life that I cannot change people, only God can. But I can change myself. By the grace of God. Colossians chapter three, verse eight says this, but you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Put it away, he says. And then in verse 12 and 13, it says, put on therefore as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And then he says, you are holy and beloved, my friend. You are, and you deserve better than what this anger and resentment are doing to you. You see, one thing I've learned about about, um, this anger that sometimes boils in me is that, you know what, when people make you angry and they just don't come back to say they are sorry, you walk around with this feeling of inside of you and they just go on like nothing is wrong. Doesn't that really upset you? Have you ever had that in your life? You look at me like I'm speaking stuff you don't understand yet today. And you know what? The, 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 and, and they play golf and they laugh and they joke and they, and they talk to this one and you're sitting here and you're boiling and you wish that they would choke in their jokes. And you're really upset with them and they just don't feel it. Man, that gets me going. And so they move on. And I've realized the next thing is so important is that I need to constantly forgive. I need to constantly, and in order for me to deal with my anger, I need to constantly forgive. Pray, 
that when people make you angry, when you get upset, is that you will be a forgiver, that you'll be instantly forgiving and extending your forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32 says, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Listen to this. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. Remember the Lord's Prayer I mentioned earlier on? Just as Christ has forgiven you. Remember, my friends, do to others as you would want them to do to you. In other words, extend forgiveness because it's nice for people to overlook your wrongdoings and extend forgiveness to you as well. Holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and hoping the other person is gonna die. Doesn't work like that. Deal with it. Luke chapter six, verse 37 says this, do not judge one another and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back to you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. You see, unforgiveness, my dear friend, is toxic to the soul. It is toxic to the soul. Many years ago when we were much younger, we had two children, two very, very young children, and Chris and Jared, Bryce was not born yet, and we were pastoring a church in, in, in King Williamstown, and I was a, an absolute sports fanatic. I just loved sport. I played cricket, I played rugby, I played badminton, then I led youth, I led a home cell, I went to church, and I worked day and night, I love, and I still love my job. I love what I'm doing. And you know, then I would come home and my wife was running around with two little snot noses that are sick and crying and, and nappies that have got all kinds of gold in them and, 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 and she would be upset with me and, and I would just go and play the next game of badminton or cricket or go and play some rugby or go for a run or, or whatever. And, and, then on, and my life was busy, guys. Come on now, my life was so busy doing all the stuff that made me happy. Are you hearing my drift here? And so my wife was getting very angry with me, and rightfully so. And she had a finger that was really, really painful. It was arthritis developing in her finger. And we would do this and get and nothing, nothing deal, uh, held with. Now, she wasn't the bad one. I was the bad one. But she, didn't, she, she really was getting very, very angry with, more and more angry with me. And one day said these words to me, God will sort you out. He did. He listened to my wife. That night was my last game of rugby I ever played in my life. Because I realized I'm never gonna be a Springbok, so I've been in my end this. I can watch them play, win. So I just sidestepped the guy, just, just a short move like this, it was an amazing move, and I tore the groin muscle. And li- listen, I stopped, and I realized something is not so lacking, I heard my wife's voice, God will sort you out. <laughs> okay, this is obviously it. So now I'm going very slowly to the showers, and it's getting worse because it's cooling down. You know, when an injury of a muscle is still warm, it's not too bad when it cool, and I'm in the shower, and I'm in agony, and I go home, and I get into our bedroom, and I manage to lie on the bed, and I, oh, Carol, and you know what the worst thing was? There was zero sympathy. <laughs> zero, nothing, nothing. Very godly woman I married, you know. God, God sorted me out in a moment. God sorted me out. And uh, you know what? My wife's finger very soon after that was healed. Because anger produces toxics in your body, a fact. And you can have all kinds of symptoms that the moment when you forgive, the pain goes. It's a fact. It's a medical fact. And it happened like this. But it was my fault, not hers. 
You see, I'm telling you some nice things about me tonight that you must never believe, okay? So it's getting difficult. I said, control your temper. Don't let your anger control you. Forgive. Here's the last thing which is really, really difficult. That is love those that make you angry. You know, the coolest or the, 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 you think the coolest thing is when somebody, you've had a fight and, and, and your husband's reading, reaching out to you and he just wants to, to make up and say, I'm, I'm, he's actually trying to say sorry, but he's not using words. I mean, as men, we've got like a thing called P-R-I-D-E and um, <clears throat> so one man you know, say it's P-R-I-D, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, pride, man, you know. And we don't want to say we're sorry. The way we're saying is just, you, you give her a chocolate, you make her a cup of tea, we just want to hold her hand and she goes, that's not good. That's not good. That's not easy. That's not instant forgiveness. All right. But now let's, let's talk a little bit about this love. But because when when I wanna when I when I reach out to you, you better respond because it's fight number two. Otherwise, you know. All right. So that, that that's that's how it is. That's how it is. I, I think that's how it is. You know. Come on now. Some of you have never been married. You don't know what I'm talking about. You know. Hang in there. It's coming. It's coming. Otto, verstand ihr was ich Okay, right. So forgiveness is one thing, it, it is, but loving, I mean, I mean, come on. This, this makes me actually sick when you think about it, that I've got to love somebody that's really, really just, just hurt me. I've got the Bible says love them. The Bible says love your enemies. And listen to the verse here in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Love your enemies. Okay, that's okay. Listen to the next bit. Can we say it together? Do good to them that makes it a million times harder the love but how do you show love and i love you with the love of jesus no the bible says do good to them in other words lend to them without expecting to be repaid then your reward will be from heaven it will be very great the bible says if you do good to those who are your enemies who've just done you in and you'll truly be acting like the children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked i want to sort them out and god says no love them god says don't just say that you love them god says go and do something good for them an act of service a chocolate. And you know, if you really want to give somebody chocolate that offends you, I'll be glad to offend you. All right? For a chocolate, okay? So the passage says, you, you, know, you know what the thing is about, about sinners, my dear friend? Remember one thing. The one who offends you is a sinner, but so are you. We are all sinners. We all need grace. We all need to extend forgiveness because we all want to receive forgiveness as well. First Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, it says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Evil with blessing. Because to do this, you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You want a blessing from God? Go and bless somebody who has insulted you who's done evil to you, go and bless them. I mean, this is quite a challenge as well. Because you see, my nature, and in your nature, we, wanna, we believe vengeance is a good idea. We'll take it out on somebody. If you hit me, I'll hit you twice as hard. If you say something venomous, I will, I'll make sure it's double poison I give you back. You see, in the Bible says, don't repay evil with evil, evil insult, but instead, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. It's difficult being a believer, isn't it not? It's not that easy, this stuff. In Romans chapter 12, 17, it says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. That's what the Lord says. Leave your enemies up to God. Leave them up to God. Instead, 
If your enemy is hungry, oh man, feed him. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap up coals of shame on their head. Do not let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Doing, an action word. In 1 Thessalonians, it speaks about, for you are destined not for wrath. Go and read it at home. So these outbursts of anger, my friend, this, uh, this, this, this getting angry is, is God tells us to control it and not let it control us. God tells us how to react by forgiving and by loving. And there might be a host of other things and a host of other reasons why you and I are getting angry as well. And the Bible speaks about us being trees of righteousness. In other words, God is saying these kinds of fruits of love and of forgiveness and of dealing with your ang- anger, that's the kind of fruit that God is looking for in your life and in my life. In Isaiah 63, verse 3, it speaks about they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And when we start living like this as people who can quickly deal with our anger, we display display the splendor, the glory of God. That's what James is telling us in this verse. Trees give oxygen. Trees give life. They sustain And so you and I need to do the same, not bring death, but life. Let me tell you something about anger, and I'll end with this. Anger drains your soul. Just move me on, there we go. Anger drains your soul, or drains you. It robs you of your peace. I'll go through this slowly because it's important. It grieves the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says when I read it tonight. It causes you to sin. And often is sin. It kills the fruit of the Spirit in us, anger. And by our fruit we will be known. Man, I don't want to be known as an angry person. I don't want to be known like that. I want to be known as a forgiving and a loving person. And then the last bit here, it says anger poisons people or atmosphere around us. Let me tell you something about angry people. And there are many angry people. And maybe some of us here tonight are, are angry because maybe stuff was done to us. And, and you think you've got reason to be angry. I have not given you one reason tonight except righteous anger. But we'll deal with that in another moment. But righteous anger still doesn't give me a reason to become bitter and, and just keep resentment inside of me. God always tells us, deal with it. Let anger be gone, let it go, let it go, forgive, deal with it. So some of us are sitting here tonight and I can guarantee you that there are a number of very angry people in this building. And I'm not saying we all got faces like this, but sometimes angry people, if you're angry long enough, your face shows it as well. Your eyes go dead and your mouth goes like a prune. You're always upset with somebody. And you're not nice to be around. Actually, really, let's face it. Angry people are not nice because the moment you get close to an angry people, you're scared they're gonna bark. It's not like the little puppy that when you hit it and it just comes to you and licks you again. It is like that aggressive puppy when you even, you're at the next door neighbor's gate and they're already growling at you. That's what angry people are like. And we've got to deal with our anger, my friends. And the only way to deal with it is to forgive and to respond in love. It's simple, but it's difficult. 
Let's park a little bit there and think of some of the stuff that has really made you angry. And it could be really severe stuff like abuse, sexual abuse, all kinds of stuff. It, it's made you very angry. Or it could just be that, that, that you're done in or feel you're done in or in a relationship, whatever it is. If you're harboring anger and you're not dealing with it, just sit, park a little bit there and ask the Holy Spirit to show you stuff.